0: Coming up on segment two of the week four pregame show, we go over all the scores and schedules of the KCI and the GRC plus we preview mid buck and Lathrop. We hear from East Buck head coach, Dan Ritter, and we hear from KKWK sports director, Chris Ward, all that and so much more here on the cliff notes podcast week four pregame show. Welcome everybody to our second segment here on the Cliff Notes Podcast, week 4 pregame show. I am your host, Clifton Grooms. This is the KCI and the GRC segment. Let's not waste any more time. Let's run down some scores, starting with the KCI. Last week, Midbuck was able to get a dominant 47-7 victory over Lawson. It is the Dragons' second straight victory over the Cardinals. West Platt was able to defeat Plattsburgh 36-0 and Hamilton all over North Platte 48 to 13. And in the Grand River Conference, South Harrison shuts out Gallatin 48 to nothing. Polo defeats Maysville 12 to 6. And Milan over Putnam County 32 to nothing. We'll ruck down, we'll run down all the rest of the schedule here of week four after this 32nd timeout. Welcome back to the week four pregame show. Let's begin by previewing the big games of the KCI conference, starting with mid-buck at Lathrop. The Mules have won last year's game 49 to nothing, and 9 straight overall in the series. The last Dragon win was in 2010. Now, Mid-Buck is 3-0 in the season. They are rolling right along. They haven't allowed double digits to their opponents in the, in either of their three games. Lathrop is 0-1. They ran into a very good Richmond team back in Week 1. So, the Mules are going to be ready to get back on the field after a two-week hiatus due to them quarantining with COVID-19. Now, we had an opportunity to catch up with both coaches, beginning with Coach Aaron Fritz from B.B. Cannon. Here's our interview with Coach Fritz here right now. All righty, we're back here on the Week 4 pregame show. We got our good friend B.B. Cannon Head Coach Aaron Fritz with us. How are you doing, Coach? I'm doing
1: great. How are you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing great. Coach, um, 47-7 to win at Lawson on Friday night. Just give an assessment of your team's performance in that game.
1: Well, I, I thought we came out and uh, we did some really good things early. Um, then we then we kind of struggle on offense a little bit. You credit loss, and they have a really good guys up front. And their backers fly to the football and do some good things. And um, fortunately for us, our defense kept us in it. Got a bunch of stops when we needed them to, and and did a really really good job of keeping them from uh getting first downs and kind of controlling the clock. So they they got us the ball back with some turnovers, and uh, we really found our groove there in the second quarter. And I think we scored twenty three points or so um in that second quarter and had a lot of. Uh, big things happened for us we had a safety and a defensive touchdown and then had another running touchdown right after that so um did a lot of good things for halftime and then the second half it was really nice because we could get a lot of those young cats in and and uh and get a bunch of experience for those younger guys who uh who kind of sub in some but now they get to play the whole second half and um that's that's big for us because lawson's a very quality opponent and they're a very good football team and they uh they have a hall of fame coach and a hall of fame staff and and, and they're going to win a lot of games and continue to do that because they're so good and so well coached. So it was a, it was a big win for us, and I, I thought we played um, extremely well and, and did a lot of good things.
0: Well, Coach, you told me um, – you just said uh, talking about plugging kids in, um, in the game. That actually goes a long way when you're talking about next year and maybe several years down the road when these kids get older.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something that's benefited us this year is um, even though we bring back a lot of guys that played a lot of minutes last year, the uh, young guys, the sophomores that are playing, and, and a couple of the juniors, the uh, the nerves don't seem like an issue for us right now because we've been practicing so long the last couple years, and and they've gotten to play quite a bit. And um, even though, like I said, that was such a monumental game for us last week, um, those young guys that stepped in did a really nice job, and it didn't seem like they were nervous or anything. They can just step in, and hopefully that continues to uh, happen. They go in, they do good things, and and when we need them to play more, they they can, and it won't be an issue for them to know their assignments and know what to do because they're confident in what they're doing.
0: Well, Coach, uh, this, th- this Friday night, um, you guys have Lathrop on the road. And um, this is a team that's pretty much um, taken over the KCI over the past several seasons. They made two straight runs to the um, semifinals. in two years ago, they made the run to the state championship game. This is a team that graduated a boatload of seniors from a year ago. Talk about what you've seen from the 2020 team and what can we expect on Friday night.
1: Well, Lathrop had played since that first week when they played. Uh, Rich
0: That was our interview with Mid-Buchanan head coach Aaron Fritz. Now, we did also have an opportunity to talk with Lathrop head coach Chris Holt for the first time. We get to know him a little bit, how they've prepared for the last two weeks, and a look ahead to their matchup against Mid-Buchanan. Our interview with Coach Holt is right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast, week 4 pregame show. We got Lathrop Pet coach Chris Holt with us. How are you doing, coach?
2: I'm doing good.
0: Um, coach, um, one thing that we like to do before we um before we get into the football aspect is you're a first-time guest, so we like to really introduce the coach. Who coach Holt is, where all your stops have been and how you got here to Lathrop.
2: Uh, too many stops to talk about. So, um I'm getting a little long in the tooth right now, but uh um you know I've coached at a lot of different schools um head coach I think this is my I think this is my fifth one Skyler Princeton Maryville Oak Park here yeah so this is number five um you know I I never seem to stay anywhere very long I was at Maryville for six um and then this will be this is entering year five here at Lathrop so this is my second longest tenure of any place that I've been so uh I've been around a lot for sure well coach
0: um the last two years has been an incredibly exciting time for Latham football. Uh, two years ago, you guys made the state championship game. Last year, you made the semis. Talk about the, um, the excitement around the football team and around the town for the last two, especially the last couple of years of
2: Latham football. Oh, it's been, um, you know, first time for the community. So they'd never, you know, I think they'd been to the quarterfinals one time. So it was all new. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, winning is habit for me um so we're hoping that we can continue that obviously we had a rough start but uh you know we graduated 19 seniors and we're replacing 21 and 22 starting positions so and it showed because Richmond got after us early and um uh, we looked like a lot of first you know friday night football players um and then covid nailed us um of course and then we didn't get a summer we never got a ball out this summer so we had covid hit right in july too so um we are way way behind the eight ball when it comes to uh getting our getting this group ready to go
0: well coach let's talk about some of those kids real quick you mentioned that you um that you graduated 19 seniors let's um get to know some of the kids on the 2020 team for those who haven't seen you guys yet um who are some of the kids that we can hear about this friday night and other friday
2: nights to come um uh, well uh, we're replacing of course all 11 starters on defense and 10 starters on offense so don falconberry is the only one that's returning um, big offensive line, started 14 games for us last year as a sophomore. Um, you know, so he'll be kind of anchoring us up front. Um uh, Mason McFarland is uh he played in our single wing stuff so he would have been a he would have been a formational offensive lineman for us last year. So he's got some experience. After that, they are all new up front. And it's still I'm not gonna lie to you, it's still a work in progress. Um we will not have we will not be starting the same offensive line as we did in week one as we are this week. We're just and we don't have everybody back. We've got a few kids that either they didn't get their clearance yet to come back from COVID, or we had they had family members that tested positive, so now their quarantine's been extended. So um, up front, we're you know it's a whole new group of kids. Uh, and our quarterback Mason Adwell, he uh, he of course ran the JV for us the last two years, um, so he's very familiar with the offense. And you know he had a pretty good first night. Uh, all in all, being his first football game, um, you know it was okay. Um, uh, Nick Knight was not with us at the first football game, uh, and he would be our main returning player. Uh, he started a few games for us defensively last year and was Tyler Paul's backup at eight, so he did get some carries. Um, and He could have started for us last year in the backfield. He just had seniors in front of him. Driston um, Dotson at fullback, um, he'll get a lot of carries for us. And then um, Jackson Gensels plays some wing for us. Um, Tucker Scan—I'm sorry, Dylan scanlon plays some wing for us, um, and Matt Miller stepped in as a sophomore, trying to replace more, which is tough. Um, you know, he had, he had an okay first night for us, caught a few passes, and had an interception. Um, so offensively, um, it's all new. But on defense, it's 100% new. We we got nobody back. So uh, the only kid that had any kind of experience would have been Nick, but we Nick's not played a game yet this year because he was out we have four kids that also uh cheerlead. cheerleading is very big here at Lathrop. So, and my best football player was not even playing week one. Cause him and three others that were quarantined because of a COVID thing in the cheerleading squad. So I know he'll be chomping at the bit. Um, and, uh, he'll play some linebacker for us. Um, and then we'll have a lot of those same names on defense. You know, it's a different, we only have three seniors, you know, so last year we, we had 19 year before we had 14 and now we're going to three. So that's a big difference for us. Um, so, some of those other names you'll see, you know, the Falkenberry kid and the Booger kid and McFarland playing on D-line. Um, but, you know, Dotson will play linebacker. The quarterback, you know, and the running backs, they'll be our secondary. So, all the same kids that are playing offense are playing defense. It's not – we're not very Lathrop-like this year. Um, you know, the last couple of years, you know, we've only had just a handful of kids that actually had to start both ways. Um, but we're we, – we resemble more of a Class 1 football team this year, in my opinion. Than a than a bigger Class Two team. Well, Coach, let's get into this season real
0: quick. Um, you guys ran into a very very good Richmond team on week one, and then um, the COVID nineteen stuff hit. Um, as far as that, um, how have you guys um, handled that, and what was your plan of attack going for the, for these last two weeks that you guys have had to quarantine?
2: Oh, basically, you know, you're limited to. Um, you're just limited to this type of stuff right here. Um, and we split the team up into groups and assigned each coach, a coach, a group of kids. Um, so they had like a point in contact. Um, uh, we did a ton of uh, recording ourselves, sending video to kids, um, trying to get as much football stuff as we could. And we were sending the kids workouts because um, we were, you know, we didn't get a summer. We, we got six weeks of weightlifting. And then right when we were getting ready to start of our football stuff for the last two weeks of July, we had COVID hit. Um, so we lost all of it. So we didn't get a ball out this summer. Um, so part of it, uh, we were gassed, gassed against Richmond. I mean, we were we were tired beyond tired. Part of it, I think, was I think some of those – I think a lot of those kids were playing with the COVID at that time um, because after the game was over and the weekend went on, we started getting all the messages, coach, I can't smell, I can't taste. And so we attribute to some of that, we think, to those kids who are trying to play football and practice football with having it. Um, and anybody who's had it, you know, one of the say they one of the things everybody says is you're worn out. We end up with two coaches that got tested positive. One of them showed no symptoms. The other coach was, you know, couldn't taste or smell, but he had no energy. So I think those kids were trying to play a football game with no energy, um, and it showed because we weren't in shape. So we've sent, we've tried to have these kids do as much individual work as they can because they're not allowed to, you know, we were all quarantined. So technically, we were all supposed to stay at home and not do that kind of stuff. So um, I know as coaches, we did a good job of that. I hope the kids did, but I wasn't up here. I'm not going to lie to you. So, um, you know, we just tried to do that as much as we could. And we did bring the kids in on Sunday. Um, just, you know, we never do anything on – we don't bring our kids in on the weekend. But when you hadn't seen them in 14 days and you had the opportunity to, we need to get a head start, especially, you know, with Fritz's crew. So, um, you know, our two toughest games on our schedule were the first two. You know, I would say maybe in order it might have been the Richmond-Savanna savannah uh, mid-buck we didn't get savannah either you know and um so all of the meat of our schedule is right here at the front and um you know we're not a very good football team right now so it's not a great place to have it well coach you have an opportunity to get sharp this
0: week um you got you talked about how you have mid-buck this week they're another football team over the past couple of years that has made a big run um just similar to you guys what have you seen from coach fritz's crew in 2020 and um uh, what can we expect from that football game on Friday night?
2: Well, I, I'm, I'm hoping it's not like Richmond. You know, we we ended Richmond's season the last two years because they came to our place in the playoffs, and we got after them both years. So, you know, they, there's an old saying about payback as a, you know what? Well, you know, we got paid back in week one by a team that was ready to pay us back. Um, it's been very similar uh, because Midbuck has gotten off to really, really good starts the last two years, and then we've played them, and we've really kind of had our way with them. Um, So we've been trying to explain to our kids is you just got punched in the mouth by a team that's trying to redeem themselves from the past. I 100% guarantee you you're going to get mid-buck's best shot um, because they know how the last two years have went. They're going to want to get redemption. Um, And they just really got after Lawson, which, you know, this is first – you know, they have beat Lawson back-to-back years now for the first time. And, like, I think Aaron said that the last time they beat Lawson was 2003 until last year. Um, So – we know that we're going to get their best shot um they're full of confidence right now they're experienced we're not they're playing fast they're in shape we're not um you know so i called coach fritz on saturday and said i might we- if you see me waving on the other sideline that means no moss no moss but uh, he wasn't having it uh he wasn't buying any of the coach speaks so to speak but uh um we know that we're the underdog in this one
0: well, Coach, I want to thank you so much for taking time here on the podcast. It was very, very nice having you on. Um, really respected your coaching tenure. You had great teams at Princeton, Maryville, and here at Lathrop. So good luck to you and the kids
2: this week. All right, guys. Thanks so much. And that was our interviews with both Coach
0: Fritz and Coach Holt. Thank you both so much for your time this week. Moving on to other matchups here at the KCI, it's East Buchanan against Hamilton. Bulldogs are 2-0 and this season. They got past South Harrison at Trenton. They had a bye week last week due to everything that happened at Lathrop. They were scheduled to play at Lathrop last week, but obviously that matchup didn't happen. Hornets are 2-1 on the season. They had that thriller week two against Gallatin, but was able to take care of business against North Platte last week. Hornets have won last year's matchup 34-12. We did have an opportunity to speak with Eastview Canada coach Dan Ritter about this matchup and recapping the first two weeks of the season. Here's our interview with Coach Ritter here right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. We got East Buchanan head coach Dan Ritter with us. How you doing, Coach?
3: Very good, sir. Can't complain.
0: Well, last time we last time we talked, you guys were coming off your a week one win against South Harrison, which got you guys the Cliff Notes podcast week one team of the week. The week after that, you guys had a thirty five to nothing win over Trenton. Um, just give an assessment of your team's performance that game.
3: Well, really, believe it or not we started the game off pretty poorly. We couldn't get anything going offensively. We kept shooting ourselves in the foot. But by the time late second quarter rolled around, we, we definitely finished the game well. We established a run well. After the game, I was, I was kind of embarrassed. I told uh, our receivers coach, wow, we only threw the ball five times. Uh, we won't do that again, because we definitely have some receivers that are capable of catching the ball and obviously our quarterback can throw. But I really wanted to establish a run, and I think we did that for sure.
0: Well, Coach, you guys are looking really, really good so far. Um, You were supposed to play Lathrop in week three. Obviously, with Lathrop's COVID-19 case, um, that was unable to happen. um, And that left a little bit of a void in your schedule. How close were you guys to just booking another opponent, or did you guys, were you guys just like, hey, Let's just embrace the bye week and let's just get
3: a little bit of rest. Right. When Sunday rolled around and we still didn't have an opponent lined up, we definitely embraced the bye week. We had some good practices from Monday through Thursday, kind of shorter practices. And the the weather kind of changed for us to where it was cooler and a little bit rainy. It was a lot of fun. And we went back to the fundamentals and practice. The problem was I had to say no to a couple teams who called us late in the week, which was... Something I told our boys I wouldn't do again. If we ever have a bye week again, we're going to find an opponent. We're going to play them, even if it's just a couple hours before the game.
0: Well, Coach, I think definitely that's a that's a good mindset to take because I think a lot of the kids, they just want to play. So um, let's talk about this week. You guys are going to play this week. Um, you guys have a big game at Hamilton this week. They are 2-1 on the year. They are coming off a win against North. And then the week before that, they won a real thriller in overtime against Gallatin. What have you seen from the Hornets and what can we expect from that football game on Friday night?
3: Well, I noticed two things right away is their quarterback, Trevor Ross, is is a beast. Uh, we watched the film from last year and, and he was kind of just a role player. But this year he is just taking command of that offense. And then you have the senior... Sawyer Morrow in the backfield, who basically scores every other play. We got to have an answer for those two guys. Then that being said, then you look around their offense and they have a stud lineman named Nicksdorf, a sophomore no one knew about. And they got uh, some good receivers as well, number 88 and number one. Jared Potts is, I think, number one's name, and 88, Andrew something. I've forgotten his name, but uh, but they're all great players.
0: So, coach, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a really really good football game. It's definitely a good battle. Two um, two KCI powers. Um, for those of you who aren't able to go to the ball game, you can catch East Buchanan at Hamilton on the radio this Friday night on 100.1 Classic Hits KKWK. Um, our guy Chris Ward is actually doing the play-by-play for that game. So, any Bulldog or um, Hornet fans aren't able to catch the game, you can catch the game on 100.1 on Friday night. Well, coach, thank you so much for um joining the podcast once again, and good luck to you and your kids on Friday.
3: Thank you very much. We appreciate your time.
0: And that was East Buchanan Head Coach Dan Ritter. Thank you so much for your time, Coach. Other matchups at the KCI, including North Platte at Plattsburgh. North Platte is 0-3 on the season, while the Tigers are 2-1 on the season. Both teams are 0-1 in KCI play. Lawson looks to get off the snide this week at West Platte. Cardinals are 0-2 on the season, while the Blue Jays are 2-1 on the season. We had an opportunity to catch up with our good friend at KKWK Regional Radio Quick, Chris Ward. We recapped week three, and we previewed some of the biggest matchups in the area. Here's our interview with Chris right now. And we're here on the Clip Dust Podcast. We're back here on the week four pregame show. We got my good friend Chris Ward back this week from KKWK Regional Radio Sports Director. Chris, how are you doing?
4: Hey, man, I'm good. Thanks for having me back on.
0: Oh, always a pleasure having you back on. I'd love to have you every week if I could. <laughs> so, um, Chris, um, let's talk about uh week three real quick. I know that you covered a um your game is Mid Buck and Lawson last week. Talk about that game and some of the other surprises and notable things from last week.
4: Uh, I think uh, in my game the real uh, the surprise was uh, really more where Lawson was at. I don't think it was much of a surprise that I that Mid Buck and in a state championship caliber at this point now obviously we're talking week three football here instead of week 10 week 11 uh but uh, as far as week three football goes mid buck is as advertised they are ever been good enough to, to make a semifinal, state finals type of run uh i think the surprise was really where lawson was at uh, those guys traditionally are very strong even though they have started out with an 0-1-1 record a lot uh that's usually because they play a very tough schedule i think back they were playing the maryvilles and the oak groves of the world this year happened to be higginsville who seems to be like they're going to be a very very tough team this year? Uh, I was kind of surprised at where they were at. They uh, they seem to be, and I think Coach Dunn knew it. Uh, they were lacking a little bit in, in in the offensive and defensive lines. They just don't have the size that they've had the last few years. They're kind of going back to those more uh, small, athletic wing T kind of lines, and I think there's some work to be done there. I think that uh, there's some confidence issues there right now. They have to find that confidence and get going. So that was a bit of a surprise to me. Uh, but man, Mippie Cannon, like I said right off the top, they uh, they look the part right now. That is a very very good football team. Uh, they've got weapons on offense, and that defense, uh, they just fly around so much. Uh, you really just never know where it's coming from. One play, it'll be uh, rollins Brandt. The next play, it's Lane Ellison. The next play, it's one of the D linemen. I mean, they're just coming from all over the place, and so many different guys make plays, and then they swarm so well. Uh, that's going to be a tough team. That's uh, going to be a very tough team to beat this year. I
0: think they're a really good football team so far in the first three weeks of the season. They look really impressive. Like you said, every bit is advertised. Let's talk about their game this week, though. They're taking on a Laker team and we only got one game in. Yeah. Graduated a boatload of seniors from last year's team. And, um, really, yeah. they ran into a good Richmond team in week one. Talk about um, what this game – and this is also another team that made a similar kind of run that mid-buck has been on the last couple of years. Talk about this game.
4: Uh, this is going to be, I think, a fun football game. Uh, there's just so many unknowns with Lathrop right now. I got a chance today as we're sitting down to talk uh, just earlier this afternoon, I got a chance to chat with Chris Holt for the first time in a couple of weeks since they've gotten off quarantine. Finally, they he's man. They were excited to get back first off. Uh, You get two weeks cut off of your season, especially when they've had to chew. You mentioned the Richmond game. They've had to chew on that for two weeks now. Uh, Instead of usually you can get right back on the field and kind of, okay, let's work on this next opponent. Let's get this bad taste out of our mouths. Now they were going to have a tough one. They were supposed to play Savannah there and then East Buchanan. So it wasn't going to get easier. But, man, it's so much better when you can get on the field and work on what you messed up, what what your deficiencies are. They've had to sit on that for two weeks now, really three weeks by the time they get on the field again uh, in week four. And to do that, you got to play a team like MidBuck, who we'll, I'm sure, talk a little bit more about. But obviously, we both said they're a state-titled caliber team at this point. Uh, as you mentioned, they graduated, I think it was 21 of 22 starters uh, from a season ago. Uh, they didn't bring much back as far as seniors go. They're a, a sophomore-heavy football team right now. I'm curious to see how the adjustments went. And talking with Coach, uh, he was happy – Generally speaking, with what the kids uh, mentally did during this two-week hiatus, not necessarily 100% happy with the physical side. And obviously, it's tough to do that when you can't get to the weight room, you can't get together, obviously, and work out and do those little things. That, let alone talking football practice, just doing those little things on your own. They don't. Nobody has a weight room of that caliber in their basement. You know, something, maybe one kid does, but the whole team does not have a weight room like that. Uh, you just can't do the physical things you need to do to stay in football shape for two weeks when you're sitting around the couch playing video games uh, as we all know uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, so I'm curious to see where Latham's exactly at um they this is game two for them and we all know from week one to week two that's when you fix things uh you're able to go hey Bob you're, you're you need to take this step hey get your hands here hey run the route this way look here with your eyes etc etc they're just now doing that but they've had Three weeks, basically, to try to work on that and do it. They're going to be very excited to get out on the field and go, I'm sure. Uh, It's a matter of how much of the problems did they fix, how much did the two weeks hurt them in conditioning. Because even, as I said to Coach, boy, you could go run two miles around the neighborhood every day. That's fine. You'll be in running shape, but you're not in football shape. There's a whole different beast of getting out there, putting the pads on, and hitting another person and trying to go for 48 minutes uh, as compared to just like straight line running. So I'm very curious to see how Lathrop, comes into this game, what they look like and and the adjustments they made because Richmond handed it to him. Coach Holt will tell you straight up. They got their butts kicked in that game and Richmond wanted some revenge because Lathrop had ended their season for two straight years in the playoffs in that, in that tough district. Uh, so they wanted a little revenge. It was Richmond's turn. They're kind of the senior heavy team over there. Uh, and Obviously, Lathrop, as we said, is a little bit young. So they got their butts kicked straight up. Uh, they got out-tuffed in the trenches, out-blocked. There's a little bit of, uh, you know, the wide eyes for the young kids on on their first Friday night. I'm curious to see how they fix all that going into a big game here with mid Buchanan with, again, a two-week rest.
0: Well, let's talk about another game in the KCI. This is going to be the game that you're going to be covering this week. It's East Buck and Hamilton. East Buck, 2 and all in the year. Uh, They lost their game last week. It was supposed to be with Latham, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, So they lost their game last week. They're taking on a Hamilton team who has won their last two games including that thriller that you covered in week two against Gallatin. So let's talk about – let's break down that matchup real quick.
4: This is going to be a fun matchup, and and as much as you want to call it a contrast to styles, I uh, I mean, it is, but it isn't, uh, at least in what tape I've gotten to watch. And I'm going to kind of compare – uh, what East Buchanan is going to want to do, similar to what they did against South Harrison. And that's, so that's the tape I've been watching, is, is that game specifically, because South Harrison runs that, uh, you know, a lot of triple option and power football. And that's more of what we're going to see from Hamilton as compared to like a spread offense or something like that. Uh, so that's kind of the game I focus on. Uh, East Buchanan, though they're spread out, they're running the ball a lot. Uh, they're trying to establish that. You've talked to Coach Ritter. I got a chance to finally talk to him uh, on Tuesday. And they're really important to them is establishing the run. I think the Antle kid, uh, what tape I've seen, he looks pretty solid out there. They got that crew Conway kid that's running the ball well. I think uh, the muster kid behind center. He's a junior. Uh, obviously, he comes from a great lineage with uh, with who his uh, relatives are. Uh, obviously, he knows the game. It's just a matter of him getting that experience. I'm very interested to see them. In practice it seems like they're still keeping that pace that, they, that we saw under coach Brian for all those years uh, but then they're doing things just a little bit differently instead of just flinging the ball all over the yard they're mixing in that run a little bit more uh, on the defensive side I thought uh, so far anyway with what I've watched I was pretty impressed with the way they swarmed to the ball uh, can't count how many times I'm seeing a South Harrison run to the outside and there's five hats there uh, there's a run up the middle and the whole defensive line collapses and then you see the linebackers filling in those gaps and coming up uh, that's a good time uh, now sometimes it can get you in trouble with misdirections and stuff if you flow too much but that's a different beast for another day uh, i like the way they're flowing to the football i like the aggressiveness they've got uh i'm curious to see what the two weeks did for them and chatting with coach it seems like they did some good things over that two weeks kind of knowing it was going to happen i know there was a a sad event in, in the in the east buchanan family there Our hearts go out to them uh and that's why they didn't pick up a game on friday they said no we'll just go ahead and take the buy and kind of deal with this in-house and that way keep everybody fresh. Uh, I chatted with Cody uh, or Brett Atkinson, excuse me, uh, last week from the Clinton County leader and we were talking and we think it ends up being a good thing because then you've got that couple of weeks with the new staff, with the kids kind of coming into their, to their, uh, the new roles. You can really sit there and dissect what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. And you've really got a lot of time to fix those things. I think it ultimately going to be a good thing, that bye being right there. Plus, I know it's only two weeks in, but those little bumps and the little bruises, that South Harrison game was a physical football game. Trenton's a physical football team. I don't think they're that good, uh, comparatively to East Buck, obviously, but it's still a physical football team. They're still banging into each other. Those bumps and bruises add up, man. And, and to have a week off at the early in the season even, that's a good thing, even for 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. That's that's a good thing. Uh, they're going to get a dose of physicalness, So We know that from Hamilton. Uh, you mentioned I'd have the Gallatin game there in Week 2. Uh, they were very physical in that game against a little a bit more of a spread type team, which is kind of more East Buchanan, at least in the alignments anyway. Uh, Gallatin's much more of a hey, well, let's chuck it up the field a little bit and go deep, uh, kind, of, kind of video game style almost. It's fun. Uh, East Buchanan seems like they want to run it a bit more than Gallatin did, so that'll challenge uh, Hamilton a little bit, but Hamilton's got some beasts inside. That Nick kid, he's just a sophomore, but he's an all-KCI performer. I wouldn't be surprised if he's an all-state performer this year. That kid eats up some blocks. They've got really good linebackers, though inexperienced. they're filling in and they're doing what they're supposed to. They've got some athletes, when you start talking about, like, a Tucker Ross in the defensive backfield. He comes up and supports the run really well. So that matchup, East Buck offense, his Hamilton defense, is going to be a pretty fun one to watch and see how that develops. I think the, the question will be, can East Buchanan really establish the run against Hamilton and then keep enough passing to keep them honest – on the other side of that, Hamilton, obviously Sawyer Morrow, is a stud. I mean, that kid's been doing it for four years. He's one of the fastest kids, if not the fastest kid in the KCI when it comes to the track season. I mean, he can scoot. If he gets some room, he's gone. You add in Tucker Ross, he's really running the option stuff really well right now. He's reading well. He's, uh, you know, getting his keys, etc. cetera. And he can throw the ball a little bit. He hasn't had to a lot, obviously, with North Platte. He did a little bit against Gallatin, uh, but uh, – if they have to throw, they can. So I'm curious to how that matchup will turn. Again, that aggressiveness of East Buchanan, the way they to the ball. Obviously, you have to do that if you're going to slow Sawyer Morrow down. And the key with that kid, you're, he's going to get yards. You have to keep him out of the end zone and hopefully keep him from uh, becoming a foot race down the sidelines. If you can do that, you've got a chance.
0: Well, Chris, I think those are going to be two great games in the KCL. Yeah, let's move mm-hmm. on to the NEC real quick. This is a real important week for Cameron. Um, I know you and I have both had a chance to talk with Coach Wallace this week. Um, He talked about um, last week's game against St. Pius, that six-minute stretch there where pretty much the game fell away from them against Pius. They got an important game this week at Chillicothe, another team who scored the very first touchdown of the game and then gave up 62 on answer after that. So talk about how important of a game this is for both of these football teams.
4: And, and, and yeah, and you said it right there, both of these football teams. It's a huge game. A, Chillicothe does not go 0-3. That does not happen in Chillicothe. Now, I grant Marshall and Kirksville were close games. I think they were 20 something to 7, 20 something to 14, something like that. And then obviously, Maryville, I, I kind of throw that game out. It looks like Maryville's kind of come along to their, their own of what Maryville really is after uh, having some people out there early on in the season. We'll talk about them in a minute. So uh, so I think, yeah, you kind of take one on the chin. Uh, the question for them will be how they bounce back. Um, it's also homecoming over there at Chillicothe. That adds in the distractions, also adds in the excitement. Um, so we'll see. And obviously, you get beat like that, you would come back, and you want to put a thump on the next guy that comes along. Uh, the 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 trenches will obviously be important to them and the way they run that offense. Same for Cameron, though. As you said, uh, it chat with Coach Wallace, it was a six-minute span, a turnover, a kick return, a mistake here, and suddenly the game is on its head. Other than that, for 42 other minutes, that was an even football game against a pretty good St. Pius team, a team I think is going to turn some heads this year a little bit and maybe take a, that next step forward under Coach Simone. Um I think Cameron will bounce back pretty nicely. Uh, the, the the way they did things last year are going to help these kids this year uh, in kind of bouncing back from that one. And I think when you can point to them, and, and, and Coach said as much when they watch tape, you can point and say, hey, right here, this is what we did. It's that easy. Those kids are hungry and want to fix that. And it seems like they are doing that. Um, I, I look for Cameron to have a, a good bounce back here. I think this is going to be a very, very competitive football game. It's going to be the good old-fashioned Cameron-Chillicothe rivalry matchup.
0: Well, and then, Chris, the last game that we're going to talk about, just to give it a little bit, um, the uh, two undefeated teams in the NEC, uh, Maryville and St. Pius. We talked about Pius' game against Cameron. Uh, they got a matchup against Maryville at home. Um, I think for Pius, we talked about this turnaround under Coach Simone. This is the measuring stick for St. Pius. You know, you beat a team like Maryville, a team that's dominated the Middle Empire Conference for the last decade. You know, this, this is a huge football game for them. Well, we can just talk about that real
4: quick. Yeah, it's absolutely – anytime you play Maryville as an MEC opponent, that's your measuring state because, like you said, they've been the dominant force since Black County left, basically. God, what was that, back mid, mid-2000s or so? So it's been a good 15 years, basically, that Maryville's been the top dog. Um, it seems like, you know, obviously what, most of us weren't there for the uh, Blair Oaks game to see exactly what happened. I know Maryville's numbers were down for that game – but when you saw that score come across, you're like, "Oh my God, did the, did the King fall?" And then I think they've slowly answered that question over in week two, and then week three, I think they really answered that. No, they, you know they, the the uh, the stories of our demise are certainly a uh, premature. Uh, Maryville is Maryville. I think this is a good St. Pius team. And chatting with Coach Wallace and, and chatting with the people that played Pius so far, uh, that big receiver—I don't, his name escapes me. Uh, that's one of the keys for them. They run the ball. But they've got a big receiver, big body kid that really goes and gets the ball. And when they get that going along with that run game, they can be – very tough that'll be the key for for maryville again maryville's the favorite but if maryville's going to stay maryville and really kind of uh, extend their will they're going to have to slow down that little passing game that saint Pius has now for Pius, obviously it all starts and stops with being able to somehow find a way to slow down maryville's wing teeth. those guys grow offensive linemen like they're on trees up there i don't know how they do it uh but it just they just pick a new batch every year and suddenly they got three all-stateers. so obviously you got to try to slow that thing down they even though they graduated a lot of talent there's all. There's a lot of talent in Maryville. That is a, a football town, as you well know. And, and they've really got that program going from the little kids all the way up to the high school ranking. When you're learning that way, that's what it was like for us in Lexington uh, way back when. And that's why we were so good year in and year-outs. You were learning the system as a fourth grader as opposed to waiting until you were a freshman to start picking by the time you're in high school, you're just adding stuff on of like, here's the audible system. Here's what you do in this. Here's what you do with that. You do the the numbering system, the play calls, the the, the the vocabulary, et cetera. That's what it is in Maryville. And that's why they're the way they are. And it's, you know, you just plug the next, it's truly next guy up, plug the next guy in. And uh, that's kind of what we're seeing now, especially after what we saw against Chillicothe, which I think is down, they're young, uh, but you don't put 62 on a team like Chillicothe, if you're not grade A type football team. And obviously Maryville is.
0: Well, Chris, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? We know you do. Uh, we know you got coaches' shows all week. Um, the Petty John, um, the Petty John post-game show, the U. The Ottawa Diesel pre-game um, show. I can't even. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff the there, spot. isn't
4: there? <laughs> <laughs> but there is a, a lot. lot of no, stuff. Uh, you got a yeah, lot. every of stuff weekday. All week uh, yeah, always. Uh, Monday through Thursday, we do a coach's show. We do, uh, I believe it's three interviews per day. On Mondays, we talk some Cameron and Savannah football. We also talk Stewartville-Osborne. Uh, then on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we uh, do six stops in the KCI. We do Midbuck, Eastbuck, and Hamilton on Tuesdays. Lawson, Latham and Plattsburgh on Wednesdays. And then uh, Maysville-Polo and Gallatin on Thursdays. And uh, that's generally about 5.30 in the evening, unless, like, this week where the Royals play at uh, 610, so they take over at 530. We slide it up just a little bit. Uh, something like that's going on. And then on Fridays, uh, boy, 5 o'clock starts, and it's all football from there until about midnight. We do the uh, Highway 36 Ottawa and Diesel Friday night football live pregame show, and uh, that leads us right into 7 o'clock kickoff, which, as you mentioned, this week, East Bucket Hamilton's our game of the week. And then after that, and, of course, uh, Mize. i got to mention Eric Meisner. He does such a great job uh, kind of jockeying things with all four of our stations uh, with games on. If my game gets done early he'll pop over and pick up the end of the camera game or pop over and pick up the end of the South Harrison game or whatever game it is that Stewart's got. So it's kind of a full March Madness style with the bouncing around between different games on Friday nights if the uh, time allows. And then once all those games are over, he's got the Petty John Auto Center in end zone show, all the, the coach interviews and the scoreboard and uh, some of us talking heads pop in and chat with him a little bit. There's a lot of fun that's had on that show. Uh, it's a good time. It's a, it's a lot of work, but, man, it's a lot of fun. Uh, seven hours dedicated to high school football on a Friday night. I don't think there's anything better.
0: Nope, not at all. Not at all, my friend. So, uh, Chris, uh, thank you very much for joining me again. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on. You're a great asset to this uh, high school football community. And uh, good luck to you and your game
4: on Friday. Man, I appreciate it, Clifton. Anytime you need me, buddy, just let me know.
0: Thank you so much, Chris Moore, for your time. Let's run down the matchups in the GRC. Polo is at Gallatin. Both teams are 1-2 on the season. South Anderson is at Maysville. Bulldogs 2-1. One. Wolverines 1-2. One Princeton at Milan. Princeton Tigers 1-1, Milan is 3-0, and and Trenton at Putnam County is canceled due to the Bulldogs being in quarantine this week. That is segment two of our week four pregame show. In segment three is our eight-man pregame show. We run down all the scores of the schedules. We got Mount City at Southwest Livingston this week. We preview that, and David Albertson joins us. That is our week two pregame show. On to week three, here real soon.